Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaro. I'm your host. That's B as in boy, I double Z A double R O. And today I have with us for Fork Sake from Leeds, England, and Bradley Jensen. How are you doing today, Bradley? Hi, Justin. I'm very well, thank you. Very well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Do you prefer Bradley or Brad? Um, that's that's wrong with that's wrong with Brad. That's, okay, that's let's Brad. Brad awesome. And so, Brad, tell us a little bit about um, for Fork's sake and and how you sort of got there and, and what you guys do as a business. Yeah, for sure. So, um, for Fork's sake itself um, is actually an online dining community. Um, the business it's made up kind of of three main pillars. Uh, one, which is you know to reduce food wastage, um, which is kind of our environmental aspects. Our other one is to improve brand image uh, for, for independent businesses. So this is our social aspect. Um, and then finally, our main one, which is to really fill empty seats and, you know, drive traffic and back into brick and mortar venues. So that's kind of our, our economic aspect. The business actually came around um, after the failure of a previous business. So my brother and I, who's my other co-founder, Miles Jensen, uh, we ran a business called Eat.al. Um, and Eat was an online food delivery service uh, made for students. Um, and we and we started off in Leeds, and you know that was kind of what introduced us into kind of food tech and really into this industry. The business subs- subsequently um, ended up folding, and there was numerous reasons. One of our biggest aspects was actually you know food delivery. Um, a lot of the the bigger corporations haven't actually nailed it down in terms of doing it as as efficiently as possible. And for us, we had partnered with a, with a local independent food delivery service, and these guys worked on very 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 different. Uh, a pay-as-you-go kind of credit top-up system where essentially it's Friday night, you know, you have all of your delivery drivers out, you're really, really busy, so you top up with £20 worth of credit and you get £20 worth of drivers. For us, our, our issue with that was, you know, when you start scaling up, you know, to other cities, you know, what do you do? Do you do you buy them out and then take them to other cities? Do you start looking for other uh, independent, you know, delivery partners? Because, so for us, we, we face quite a lot of issues there. And it kind of came to the whole aspect of, you know, instead of trying to do five or ten things to a mediocre standard, um, when that business failed, we kind of went back to the drawing board, streamlined and really focused on doing, you know, one or two, three, one or two things, you know, really, really well. So for us, you know, it's really about one, creating compelling content for our audiences from our social aspects, and that's the online dining community. And then the other one is just, you know, delivering great deals to our customers, which ultimately allows them to drive more and more traffic in, into restaurants um, across the city. And so tell us a little bit more about it. So um, what are the problems that the restaurants are having that you're trying to solve? Because you mentioned trying to get more people into brick and mortar. Are you, yeah. I mean, is it the same thing? Because we have it in the United States quite a bit where we're seeing, while more people are dining out, they're also finding more delivery services or using food trucks or things like that. So tell me a little more yeah. about that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think, you know, really there's there's two main aspects um, at the moment. And, and you know, really the, the main things that, that we try to help is, one, we work heavily with independent restaurants. And, you know, with the current kind of political climate, um, you know, business rates are, are going up, you know, going through the roof. And actually we, we see we see a decline um, in the casual dining scene. You know, these are from the kind of larger franchises. Um, and now there's more of a, a birth and kind of evolution of, of street food vendors, you know, these smaller trucks that you know kind of 
pull up someone on the side of the street, have queues going around the block. But, you know, those are the, the type of venues that we're seeing more and more coming across. So for us, it's a case of, you know, as much as I, I've just recently graduated. So, you know, I was definitely a huge delivery Uber Eats, Just Eat fan. Um, but actually, this is quite detrimental to a lot of the independent businesses. They're seeing that, you know, business rates are going up and actually they're having a lack of customers actually coming in and, and sitting down and having a meal. So for us, we wanted to we really wanted to help these guys um, and provide them with competitive edge compared to the, the larger franchises who have, you know, the resources and, and funding behind them to be able to, you know, do huge marketing campaigns. So the way how we actually did was the way how we did this was actually by creating, you know, a really bespoke online uh, dining uh, community and network. So how we do this is by targeting students from various from various universities, targeting societies, and we actually utilize um, nano influencers. So these aren't, you know, the Kylie Jenners with with millions of followers, or these aren't even the guys that have, you know, hundred thousand or fifty thousand. We utilize influencers that majority of of the public and the majority of businesses don't even consider influencers these are the guys that have you know the 1000 to 2000 followers but you know their engagement is extremely high because it's extremely authentic and you know they're having you know real people engaging with them so how we do this is we'll go into you know university or society and say look guys you can come down essentially eat at this restaurant for free and what they do in return is they will promote the business you know on on their instagram or on their facebook we believe that, you know, 100 voices is better than one loud one. And actually, I believe that's kind of where influencer marketing is going now. You know, the kind of the really big influencers are almost dying out. You know, you're paying some some brands are paying up to, you know, 50K or 5K per post. But actually, from an audience perspective, one, we know that, you know, they have no real consideration for the brand. You know, they're, they're promoting a product that has nothing compared to aligned with what they do. And actually, you know, they're getting paid huge amounts of money. And for a lot of uh, customers, it's actually quite off-putting. Whereas when they see, you know, five or six of their friends who they know aren't influencers all promoting the same restaurant, it provides a very authentic turn of voice. One thing that we've utilized and realized is, you know, the peer-to-peer model is probably the strongest form of marketing promotion. Students listen to students. And it's exactly the same with the independent businesses that, that, that we work with. They listen to the other independent businesses. They don't like the guys that, you know, turn up in suits of a clipboard trying to, you know, promote them a new marketing tool or marketing packages. And it's exactly the same with students, you know, students um, and especially kind of millennials and, and you know, generations below really don't have a lot of faith in, in large institutions. And so for us, you know, we, we really, really provide that really original kind of compelling, authentic tone of voice. I think the other the other aspect um, for a lot of businesses is, you know, the one thing that these, these restaurants do great is deliver amazing food. You know, they create really, really nice food, and that's actually what gets people coming back. But when it comes to, you know, marketing... You know, they often put a post up uh, on Facebook and they're getting, you know, the guys in the kitchen to like it. So they have no real understanding of really, you know, how marketing works. And it's the same for a lot of bigger businesses. They know they have to invest in marketing. They know they have to invest in social media, but it's kind of quite a daunting task. So for us, you know, we come down and our whole thing is really about creating that online dining community and compelling content. So instead of a restaurant advertising a burger, you know, at five pounds, 
you know, and, and we, you know, advertising that, you know, come get this burger because it's five pounds, you know, for this week only. We, we don't do that. We, we really avoid the hard sell. For us, what we'll do is we'll go down and be like, okay, cool, you know, John, he's been doing burgers for 30 years. What made you do burgers instead of selling pizza? Oh, it's because his granddad, you know, did this. They source their beef from here. You know, it's all organic. It's all grass-fed beef. And we really document and go a little bit deeper um, and really create a compelling narrative around that. And for us, what we found is a lot of uh, restaurants and a lot of our customers really, really buy into that. You know, they're, they're done with the hard marketing pieces. People want, um, and I think for us, our, our biggest things that we realize quite late into the journey is that food is one of the very few things that, you know, connects people. Um, you know, good food connects people and it always has and it always will. Um, and so for us, you know, we really use that as as the vehicle um, to, to promote our business, to promote other businesses and really connecting, you know, mul- multiple communities. Um, what we kind of found with doing research into other bigger companies, you know, they really utilize the one truth, it's all approach. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to do, but actually one shoe doesn't fit all. You know, everyone tries to blanket everyone as, you know, millennials or, you know, vegans. But actually what our community, they're made up of multi, multi-level multi sub-communities, you know. So we, we work with vegans, we work with vegetarians, you know, actually understanding the difference between the two. You know, yeah. vegans are a lot more socially driven, vegetarians are a lot more health driven. It's actually understanding the difference between the two and marketing that appropriately. So, you know, for us, we're, we're a very, very dynamic, fluid business. Um, so we currently have uh, 21 people working with us. Um, this is a mixture um, of presenters, videographers, uh, business development guys. Um, but all of them, like I said, represent their own individual community. So our, our presenting team, for example, we have uh, a, lovely, a lovely lady working with us called Esther. She is a young mum. Um, and her son, Kamai, actually suffers. He's gluten intolerant, dairy intolerant, um, and allergic to nuts. So for her, it's, it's quite quite a difficult challenge, you know, going into restaurants that can actually accommodate for, for his, his needs. So, you know, she kind of represents that community. We have uh, one called Shah. She does a lot of home cooking, you know, for students. So it's kind of how do you create a, a, a really nice meal for, you know, five pounds or five dollars, for example, or how do you use those back of the cupboard, the back of the cupboard ingredients, you know, to create something delicious. We have another presenter called Hamish, who's a food nutrition student, and he really focuses on, you know, what are the superfoods you need to be eating around exam period, you know, to excel, you know, it's a really, really bolster all of your results. So all of our content, you know, like I said, is, is extremely compelling. Um, it's all extremely original. And we we definitely do not go for the hard sell. You know, we don't do advertising, um, which kind of is our is our USP compared to a lot of other food marketing agencies as such. And so I one, I love the storytelling aspect of marketing because I agree with you 100%. I think people, it's part of the reason we do this podcast is I think people are so now tied to the compelling story and the story of the business and they get emotionally attached to that business mm-hmm. or food or restaurant or whatever through that story. So that's hugely important. I think in today's world, it's, you know, taking the time to not blanket market like you're saying and actually just tell tell their story and be authentic and be vulnerable and that's what people like and we're seeing the same thing in the united states the the big chains and stuff like that while they're still popular in many areas the younger generations are 
wanting their own thing. They want their coffee that's their brand. They want their, you know, mm-hmm. their their restaurants mm-hmm. in their neighborhood that are actually locally owned. They want locally owned produce and, and mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and jellies and jams. They don't want the big manufacturers that we have here as much anymore. So there's a lot of that shift going on um, in our society here in the United States as well. And I would actually say it's becoming something that'll spread across the world because as I'm doing these podcasts and talking to different groups around the world, we're seeing a lot of this as well as where the, the food, uh, the restaurant entrepreneurs are really in bars and uh, breweries and whatever else are really seeing an upswing in the small scale guys, because people don't want to go to the big chains anymore and spend their money. They want up they're They're willing to spend a little more money to have an emotional attachment or have a neighborhood mm-hmm. bar or mm-hmm. whatever that's local to them. So, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about you. We talked about the influencers and their 3000 followers or less, basically, um, in a nutshell. And so how do you find these influencers? Is it? Well, so, so in, in all honesty, um, it's, it's actually some, some people thought it would be really difficult, but actually it's, it's really, really easy. They're, they're just normal people. Uh, you know, and that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. They are normal people. Um, they just, completely carry complete authentic tone of voice because they're they're regular people you know like you and i they're students that are part of certain societies and you know with great thing is with now with social media it's really easy to you know find people you know based on gender demographic interests you know you can search via hashtags you can search by you know who's just posted at, at, at a recent restaurant and you know when 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 you're approaching uh, these people because they've never ever been considered as influencers and 90% of the time they don't consider themselves as influencers, it's extremely, extremely easy to get them, you know, to come on board and, and, you know, work for you. And actually they're a lot more inclined to really go above and beyond that, you know, in terms of once they get the content, once they go down, you know, sharing it, telling all of their friends to, to, to go and view it because, oh, hey guys, look, this company is that filmed some professional content of me you know they've they've brought me in for an interview so what we what we did recently uh, in the last two weeks is we have a studio and we brought uh basically uh 50 influencers so we kind of compiled a huge list of 50 influencers based on leads and we brought them in just a really quick fire questions and you know the questions were, were really really stupid uh you know kind of what what is your nando's or oh i've just realized you don't have nando's in america um, but i mean if you've been over to europe you'll know about nando's so yeah and uh, i think we have it here is it the chicken place they also do the hot sauces it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Over, over, over here. It's you know, it's it's the spot. Everyone, everyone goes there. But it's kind of you know, what's your Nando's order? You know, yeah. what if if we were coming round to your house for dinner? What what does what does it look like? You know, if you're going on a date, where are you going to take someone? We ask them, you know, quick fire questions. You know, really random questions. But actually, what we've done is we've now been able to build up a bit of a content portfolio where we're now sitting on kind of 40 different episodes um, with all of these localized influencers. We've all got them. They've all agreed that they'll release them all on the same day, very similar to almost the Firefest style um, guerrilla marketing. But, you know, it works really, really well. Um, and, you know, off the back of that, we get a lot of people now wanting to work with us. And like I said, you know, students listen to students. They don't listen to big companies advertising. They listen to their friends. When they see five or six of their friends shouting about one restaurant, you know, for them, they're like, wow, you know, something must be going on at this restaurant. This restaurant must be good. 
I'm 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 a go there. I you know I trust my friends' recommendations compared to you know TripAdvisor, Google reviews. You know these these sites, as much as they are still very popular for our, our demographic and our audience, they don't actually carry um, they don't they don't carry that kind of credibility that you would expect as such. Yeah, and that's uh, that's very interesting because, for example, like we um, we have a facility in New York, and so I'm in New York quite a bit. And I took my my stepdaughters are 21 and 19, and uh, Deborah mm-hmm. and I took them there um, for a birthday thing and Harry Potter play. But the thing was interesting. Like when we look for restaurants, Deborah and I were on Yelp or we're on you know, and even though we've been there a million times, we still look at it. But they just go on social media on Instagram on Instagram, and yeah, they find say, some was... influencer on Instagram and see the places they're eating and you know what bagel places they recommend, and that's exactly where we go. One hundred percent. So I was in Brooklyn. Uh, I was in Brooklyn a week ago, two weeks ago. So I was in Brooklyn for 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 eight days, and then I stayed in New York as well. So we went. We did a lot of filming across there. But two months ago, I was in Berlin um, with with my partner. So I was in Berlin with my girlfriend, um, and you know we went for her birthday. Every single restaurant, every single cafe, every single bar we went to, we actually went to because she had seen it on Instagram. That was how she was making her decision was where she wanted to go was based off Instagram. Not once did we go on Google. Not once did we go on, on Yelp or TripAdvisor. It was purely off Instagram, you know, and this is for mainly two reasons. One, like you, you mentioned, you know, the power of influencers, you know, if this person's going there, I want to go there, you know. And two, it's because we now kind of eat with our eyes as such, you know. Yeah. All of our decisions are based on what, what we visually see. And this is why for us, you know, our photography and videography content is so important. And this is really what we get across to of the restaurants um you know and we're very very picky with who we work with as well justin you know we've actually rejected quite a few restaurants purely on the basis of two things one their food wasn't up to scratch and you know two we didn't actually believe in them as a company as a brand now that might sound quite harsh or you know for a small independent but for us we need to stay completely authentic to ourselves um and if we can't get behind you if we don't feel that you're as passionate about your food as as you should be then we can't work with you and so for us you know that's actually had a bit of an adverse effect um, because some of the restaurants that we said, look, really sorry, we'd love to work with you. You know, we're working with every other restaurant on the street apart from you. You know, they they initially took it quite personally, but actually, you know, two three weeks later, they told us to come back down, and they had massively improved everything. You know, yeah. they had massively improved. So it, ha- it really does have an adverse effect. But no, purchasing decisions and, and you know buyer decisions now are really based off you know social media and it's, it's based off Instagram. It's absolutely crazy, but it is. Well, and it's this, it's somewhat the same. I mean, I go through that same process with the podcast. One is, uh, I you know, I reach out sometimes, but I before I've even reached out to someone, I've done my homework, and most of that homework mm-hmm. is done on social media, unless it's yep. in an area I know or travel to. If it's an area I know or travel to, I'll just ask random people about their favorite spots and then try to target them. And, um, you know, and it's, it's been quite successful in that we've literally recorded 91 episodes so far and I'm only released up to 35 right now. But 
the interesting thing is is that I have had people come to me once they've come to me or, or seen us online and then wanted to be on the podcast, but it's the same thing like you know, we've got you've got to upgrade your your social media, and you've got to upgrade mm-hmm. the food you're offering because you're not getting great reviews, and people aren't coming back. So, you know, maybe in maybe in a few months or maybe in a year we can talk again. But right now, you're just I, I you know we're trying to help people in a positive way and get things done and, and teach people and pass on the entrepreneurial journey. But it has to be in in a successful way that that you know. Well, I guess I get to be the person that judges that, unfortunately. But in some ways, but it's really we want to see them moving forward, not moving backwards. I'd hate to have someone on here record their episode and then them go out of business three months from now. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think it's very easily done as well. Um, I think it's very very easily done. You know, for for us. Um, so you know. Myself and Miles, uh, so we, we, we've run kind of numerous businesses, you know, from, from e-commerce um, to marketing tools. Um, we, we've recently launched uh, inside the last, you know, eight, nine weeks, a consultancy. Um, and that actually came about, you know, a lot of businesses were approaching us saying, oh, uh, we love the fact, we love your branding, we love your marketing. You guys are making a lot of noise. Would you be would you be able to help us out with our marketing? And it was kind of it was quite funny because it's kind of initially like, well, you know, if you don't own a, a greasy burger van or, 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 you know, a hot dog truck, we're not interested. And then we kind of had two, three businesses approaching us and we kind of looked at each other and realized, hang on, I think we're missing a trick here. So we mm-hmm. set up a consultancy um, off the back of that to really kind of corner the market of, of any other businesses that didn't really fit within the, the food remit as such. Um, but no, it's, it's exactly the same with, with that. You know, we've had a lot of businesses where we've had to reject on that side as well, um, purely purely just on the basis that our reputation um, as, as two brothers and our reputation as, as a company within Leeds and within the UK, you know, we've built a very, very strong reputation. For us, we really want to uphold that. We really want to keep that, you know, to the high standard that it is. Um, people love the fact that our marketing is very simplistic but impactful um, and they love the fact that you know they love the name as well for fork's sake it's, it's kind of it's very tongue-in-cheek um, and you know people love it we've had a had a few people saying you know oh, I think you need to change it you know I can't believe you'd set that up but we just tell them to uh, fork off no we don't <laughs> yeah no, that's a great lad actually that'd be a great hashtag fork off but it's uh I love the name actually and I love that the, the way it represents and I mean it's just such a I mean it grasped me the whole concept and as I looked at your social media and stuff it really I'm like okay you know and I did and I reached out to you guys um you liked one of the photos on our social media and, mm-hmm, and thing mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I reached out and, and did some research and saw what you guys were doing and you know I haven't we haven't had anyone like you guys on the podcast um doing what you guys do we've had sort of a wine community and wineries that have brought people together and, and gamified that but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which we released this past week um, as we're recording this but you know what you guys are doing is actually in my opinion and, and why you know I actually will tell you that I probably have 13 mark social media marketing companies wanting me to put them on the podcast uh, a day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. everyone reaches out there's direct messages hey I do this I'm an entrepreneur we're doing this but it, I'm like, but you guys aren't getting the message and where I think the food's going. And so, yeah. you know, when I saw what you guys are doing and, and the way you're doing the influencers and the way you're targeting and marketing, and you just happen to be, you know, 
the pond away as we would say uh you know yep. you know an ocean length away but i was like you know they're getting it and we're not getting it here in the united states i haven't had one person come to me so far as i've talked to them on the marketing and social media actually get the message that you guys are getting so i really and you guys are so far ahead too that's the thing well, is thank that you you. There's no one that I know of or have come across, and like I said, I go through quite a few a day because um, mm-hmm. I wanted to educate people on this. I want people out there to have resources like yours that are small mm-hmm. business owners, uh, restaurants and bars and breweries and things like that to have you stuff like you guys at their fingertips, and it's just not there. You know, We've kind of taken yeah. social media and applied the old footprint to it, which is mass marketing by one influencer. You know, yes, like it's, yeah, let's exactly, put, you know, exactly. we're not going to do well unless we get blah, blah, blah to market our beer and he has 10 million followers. Well, like that's not the way it works anymore. And no, I can no, tell exactly. you, you know, exactly. from my daughters. Figured, so no, go it, ahead. It, it comes, comes exactly back to that point of, you know, authenticity, you know, it did work initially, but I think that's because, you know, the social media marketing, influencer marketing, um, hadn't quite been, the foundations hadn't quite been built. Uh, so there was a, there was certainly almost a gold rush for you know utilizing the big guys, but for us you know using the small guys it always comes back to the point you know a hundred voices is better than one loud one, um, and that's that's kind of what what we live by. It's quite interesting you know next weekend um, we're actually doing an event for 420. Um, disclaimer: we we do not condone anything any any illegal drugs or anything like that, but there's actually an opportunity there. So 420 in Leeds. You can imagine, you know, there's uh, six universities in Leeds, so there's most students per capita in the country in Leeds. So they all, all go to one park, they're all there, you know, chilling with their friends. So we actually have, you know, um, an ice cream truck turning up on the day for an hour only. It's going to be giving out a thousand free green dyed ice creams. Um, and for us, that's really how we work. You know, another thing that you should know, Justin, is actually this business has been completely self funded in terms of. Miles and I, we literally fund this um, off our off our jobs. Um, so this, we have not had any serious investment. We haven't had thousands put in. The business has literally been funded around six hundred pounds to date. So six to seven hundred pounds to date. Um, and the reason being is for two reasons. You know, lack of capital breeds creativity. You know, Absolutely. either be creative or your business will perish. It's it's as simple as that. Um, and creativity leads to innovation, and you know, innovation leads to results. Whereas, you know, we see a lot of businesses who are kind of trying to do a similar thing for us. You know, they raise, you know, their 25 to 50K investment to, to build their tech platform. Then they then they get another, you know, 15, 20K put in and then they try to do a huge marketing campaign. And actually, you know, before you know it, they've they've they almost burned through close to 100 grand with no real results. You know, they've they've made a lot of noise. Um, but then, you know, in two, three months time, they're, they're nowhere to be seen. And we see that so often um all of the time and for us you know we've had a lot of competitors and we've had a lot of people try and do what we do um and for us you know we we love the competition it always makes us you know sweat a little bit and stay up at night but um you know it definitely helps us but we're very much on our own journey and we know to really build a true online dining community it takes time um and there needs to be value value needs to be delivered to the audience um 
that's why all of our content is completely original and it's completely created from a youth driven perspective you know it's from what our audience wants to see and this is why sometimes when we go to restaurants you know they they almost think we're a little bit too big for our booths when we say you know we're not actually doing this for you yes yes we are charging you <laughs> which is always the awkward yes we are charging you for the content but you know we're not actually doing this for you this is something that our audience have requested you know our audience want to see an episode on you know the new pizza slices or our audience want to see an episode on the best sushi place in Leeds you know you're essentially lucky enough to be featured on this, you know, because you fit within that remit. But we're not doing this, you know, directly for you. We're doing this for our audience. But essentially for us, it's really a case of we're really looking to create a bit of a microeconomy. Um, and this is actually one aspect of the business that we've just recently started to explore, which is essentially uh, business dining. So, you know, you have your your big corporate lunch um, and, you know, every every single Wednesday you have your corporate lunch and they always bring in, you know, the cucumber, the cucumber sandwiches. You know, everyone's sick of them. But yet you're still paying the company, you know, a couple grand, you know, on a, on, on a monthly retainer as such to supply you with that food. So what we do is say, you know, scrap that, you know, no, Susan, don't don't order the cucumber sandwiches again. What we'll do is we'll bring in a small independent, you know, street food vendor, someone that will do, you know, tacos or burritos um, or, you know, pizza. And we'll bring them in and they'll set up inside your office and you can have that. And the reason being is it actually creates that micro economy that I'm talking about. The bigger guys are now investing in the smaller guys and the smaller guys are now supplying the bigger guys. Um, and it really, really works to create that community, you know, linking, you know, independent businesses with with larger corporates. Um, and, and once again, you know, it creates a fantastic community. And, and for us, it's, it's something that we're really, really passionate about. Um, I think it all comes back to the point of, you know, food connects people from from all all different doesn't matter what your race religion social status you know your work status you know good food always always brings people together um and and for us you know that's really what we capitalize on yeah we actually talk about that in one of the motivational mondays how love is such and human relationships and all that are actually so much fundamentally around us fundamentally built around food and and it brings us together and and whether we go meet people we don't just go hey let's go to the park and walk yes that that happens very often but 90 um, percent of the time we're actually going somewhere to have a cup of coffee or have a drink mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. have food and and so while we do do that more commonly, we're like, okay, let's go grab a bite to eat. Or, you know, we actually center our relationships around food. And even in our families, you know, we get together around times and holidays. But what do we do during those holidays? We have big meals, you know. Yeah, so yeah. that whole thing, and I think what you're doing there is, is amazing. And what I, something else I want to touch on is the lack of funding um, forces you in a position to be creative where when you have money, you're less creative and you know, it's, it's always that way. And it often that disadvantages your advantage because creativity, you know, breeds innovation and things like that, as you said. So having that in your business is so important and what you guys are doing and, and, and actually willing to do it. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get out there and they're like, okay, I need to go raise capital. And so that mm-hmm. becomes their entire focus in their business. And then they wonder why mm-hmm. they can't succeed. Well, you're not actually focusing on what you do. You're focusing no, on raising no. capital. And so 100%. no wonder you're not succeeding. You're focusing on money. You're not focusing on what you're trying to offer the world or offer people or what, you know, you're building value. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like down to building, building value. You know, 
we so the previous business eat we actually um so that business while i was running my final year of university uh and, you know this is this is a bit of a sad story but uh it's probably the best thing that ever happened so our, our co-founder at the time you know we got burnt quite badly um but you know i was in my final year of university kind of jeopardizing my grades because you know I'm, I'm working all day all night on the business you know we've gone we've we've managed to raise um, a substantial amount of money the the day the term sheets have have come through you know our co-founder kind of messaged us saying you know f you guys I'm, I'm going back to california and you know the whole investment fell through so for me i was in my final year i was on cloud nine i was thinking wow i'm about to finish my final exam walk into a comp my own company you know be paid to be there as such you know but actually when that happened it was kind of the best thing that ever happened to us but it really gave us a taste of one you know the kind of startup ecosystem raising investment that ecosystem in itself to a point now where actually we managed to salvage uh, the relationships with all of the investors um, and you know they've seen a success with the new business and you know they want to invest we're actually at a point now where we're, we're not actually taking on board any investment you know at this current point in time uh whereas you see a lot of other businesses you know get get the investment or they or they do try and raise investment and you know when you do raise investment that is a full-time job in itself you know i can't take that away from anyone that, that has done that or has, has gone down that route you know you really do need to be dedicated to that but it's like you said you know people kind of lose track of what the real end goal is and and really what 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 is what's the main purpose of the business you know because investment in itself um capital you can pretty much get from anywhere you know the the monetary the monetary state itself you know a hundred grand whether it comes from one person or another or another person is still 100k but it's more of a case of does that person are they aligned with your business what else can they add to you you know what else can can they deliver to you that's really going to help move the business forward so for us you know we we have been very very picky with our investors um you know and really really kind of Dug, dug a little deeper um, than, than kind of just their, their accolades and, and, you know, certifications. You know, for us, really about one, can you align yourself with us as co-founders, you know, as, as individuals who have been, you know, bootstrapping, we've bootstrapped over 350K in salaries, you know, have done that for, for plus 18 months. You know, can you align with our vision um, that, you know, we, we want to become, you know, kind of a spider network worldwide of, of content creators and we really want to help independent businesses, even though they might not have the margins that, you know, particular investors are looking for. And so for us, it was there was a whole kind of plethora of questions that we needed to ask all of our investors before we could really start getting in bed with them. Um, and for us, it, it really, really helped us. Um, kind of showed a lot of people's true colours as such. Um, and for us, I think it's, it's kind of the best thing that's ever happened. Um, we're, we're at this stage now where our team, pretty much our, our entire team, has has worked for free um, for 18 months. You know, that's, that's establishing partnerships, that's getting our platform built, um, that's doing all of our marketing, our branding, um, that's doing all of the content creation, which in itself is a huge task, you know, videoing, editing, you know, getting that content out. You know, it's all been done for free. And, you know, there's a reason why, um, kind of two main reasons. One, our business is built on complete transparency. You know, it's top down, bottom up, sideways, left, you know, left, right, however you want to phrase it. So if we go to an investor meeting and it goes really, really bad, 
we're completely open and frank with our team. You know, we've never once brought anyone onto the business saying, look, you know, within eight months, you can quit your job. You'll be working with us full time, you know, in, in a year, you'll be a millionaire. We never say that because it's completely unrealistic. And then the other thing is we always underpromise and overdeliver. That's it in everything we do. So when we go and do film with, you know, some restaurants, some clients, we have a very, very talented head of media. He's ex-vice. Um, you know, he will go and film and we might be there for an hour um, we'll say to the client, look, we'll get this back to you within seven days. We know full well that it will take us, you know, 24 to 48 hours to get it edited. But then we get it back to them within 24 hours. And for them, it really makes them feel that we've provided them a very tailored, bespoke service because, you know, we've gone above and beyond. You know, they expected it on a week on Monday, but they've got it on Tuesday. Um, and so for us, that's really how we operate as a business. And for all of our staff, our main thing is we try and deliver value to all of them. So like I mentioned earlier, um, we're a very fluid business. So our guys, some of our guys want to go and set up their own agency. Some of our guys want to turn into professional content creators. Some of them, you know, just want to bolster their portfolios. So we really sit down with every single person in our team, you know, kind of on a monthly basis, kind of figure out, you know, where they're at now, where they want to be in 12 months, you know, and what are they looking to get out of the business? We never, ever want to be in a position where we're essentially saying to our guys, no, you can't leave or trying to restrict them. If they, we have an open door policy, you know, if they want to leave, we will provide them with a reference. We're more than happy for them to leave. But actually, you know, that's how we've managed to retain so many people for 18 months. And, you know, because we're delivering value to them in terms of, you know, we're showing them what needs to be done within the agency. We're helping them, you know, credit them, bolstering their portfolio. Um, And we're actually going to be doing in two weeks time, we're going to be doing a TEDx talk on that. So who is that talk with? So we're doing a talk with a company called BGSS based in London, um, which is a consultancy firm. Um, And this talk is really to elaborate and, and discuss how do you bootstrap uh, for one so long for 18 months? And two, you know, how do you motivate a team, you know, when you're essentially trying to build a company on, 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 a, on a shoestring budget? And so for us, that's, those are really the, the main aspects as to the success for the company um, at this current stage. And, you know, bear in mind, the company, for fork's sake, did not exist eight months ago. So, you know, we've done all of this within eight months. We've got free office space, a studio space. We've grown to a team of 21 people. We've established strategic partnerships with restaurants and independent businesses um, across Leeds. Um, And, you know, on top of that, we're we're nominated for Leeds Digital Festival uh, for Startup of the Year. You know, we're doing a TEDx talk and we're speaking at BGSS. So all of this has really happened in, in a really short space of time. Um, and for us, it really comes down to the, the, the points that I mentioned, you know, one, delivering value to the people that matter, which is your team and your customers, two, being completely transparent with everyone, you know, your customers, your investors, your team, um, even yourself. Um, and then the final thing, completely under-promising and over-delivering um, in everything you do um, and really making sure that every minute counts. Uh, for us, we try to implement something which is the 10% rule. So we try and get our team to be, you know, 10% better, you know, every week, you know, every, every week, try to be 10% better than last week. Um, and a lot of our guys, we have a complete varied range of, of, of uh, people working with us. Some are students, some have worked for agencies, 
some are, uh, we even have one who has a PhD, so doctor, um, you know, so we have a complete range of individuals, but really ensuring that those guys are working, you know, absolutely to the, to the optimum and every single minute counts. Um, and, you know, building that community aspect, even internally, is, is so important. And I think, unfortunately, you know, with startups, um, the whole startup ecosystem and idea has been extremely glamorized. You know, we, we see the rise of, of, of unicorns, you know, the whole Silicon Valley culture that, you know, you need to have uh, you know, a coffee machine, you need to have your ping pong tables, an LED sign, a <laughs> yeah. flower wall, you know. Unfortunately, the startup life has been extremely glamorized and, you know, it is probably one of the hardest things uh, an individual will ever have to do. But at the same time, for us, we, we kind of felt that within our first business. Um, and to date, we've kind of really ensured that that's the route that we completely avoid. Um, and, you know, for our team, people only care about you if there's value being delivered to them. Um, and that goes to our team and that goes to our customers, that goes to our businesses, that goes to our partnerships, our investors. There needs to be, you know, that, that mutual level of value being delivered across the board. I, and I agree with that. And um, the actually what I want to ask you, because we have so many food and restaurant and beverage entrepreneurs or breweries and things like that and cider uh, artisans listen to the podcast. So if if they're interested in being in, in using you guys as a company, how do they go about it? So walk me through, you know, I'm Justin Bizarro's um, shake and ice cream emporium. Like, how do I, you know, that's a terrible example, but I would never open that. But it's um, but it's, it sounds like it sounds like it's got legs that business. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, particularly in Colorado. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, but it's so. Walk me through how you know how I how we contact you, and then what yeah, what sure. are the steps to go through it? Because if we can give everyone a picture, you know, I want to drive people towards you guys. Because, yeah. like I said earlier, in my you know one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is to help and to give back and to help entrepreneurs and to learn from one another. But having access to to you guys from a marketing standpoint, I think, is a huge leg up and competitive advantage because you know there isn't something like it here in the United States right yeah. now. Well, I suppose I suppose the first thing to say is that we've recently just brought on uh, three content creators from the United States. So after our trip, um, we actually had a group of people message us essentially asking if we were still there. And we've, we've subsequently had a following, had a few meetings with them, and they're actually going to start creating content for us, uh, you know, over 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 the pond, as, as you put it. So for us, we, we're growing, growing, growing. Um, we have multiple content creators kind of all over the globe now. We have one in Germany, three in the United States, um, five, you know, in, in Leeds, two in Manchester, two in London. So we have content creators everywhere. But the good thing is, for anyone who wants to get in contact with us, you know, we're still very much a startup. So, you know, fire us an email, reach out to us on Instagram via the DMs, you know, anything, any any way you want to get in contact, you know, it will get picked up. It, it won't get swept under the carpet. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'd definitely say probably the best way is to fire us um, an email. So that's just hello at forksake.uk. Um, or connect with me on LinkedIn or, you know, Facebook, Facebook, our page or Instagram. Um, but that, that is that is kind of the beauty. We're, we're not at that stage where uh, if people contact us, where we can't, you know, get back in contact and get back in contact, you know, within the same hour or such. So, 
Yeah, so uh, now I, I, okay, I reach out to you in an email and I go forward. Like, how do you then, do you take a look at me? Do you send someone out to look at me? You know, yeah, how do you make yeah, sure so, that I'm so the right we'll, person? Yeah, so what we'll do is the first thing, the first thing we do is, is definitely do a, a bit a bit of a, a review um, of your socials. For us, it's, it's a case of we're really about speaking to the individual rather than the business itself. So, you know, it's about speaking to the decision maker. So really, if it's if it's an independent, if it's your ice cream truck, you know, it's about speaking to you, really finding out, you know, what motivates you to get up every single day, you know, in Colorado and sell ice creams, you know, for eight hours a day. And, you know, and for us, if we can really build a connection with the individual, then that's where, you know, the content side and, you know, creating, you know, inspiring content, uh, coming up with new ideas. That's that's our job. And that's really, really easy to do when someone's passionate. You know, selling passion um, isn't difficult at all. You know, selling something uh, or trying to promote something where someone isn't passionate about it or, you know, they aren't really in it for the right reasons. You know, they're just in it to make a bit of cash. That's really, really obvious. Um, and, you know, it's really, really difficult to do. And so it, it comes across on camera. It comes across, you know, even the way how you talk about your business. So for us, yeah, we, we do a bit of a bit of a review. Um, and then, yeah, we potentially, if you guys were based, let's say, in Colorado, we'd send one of, one of our American content creators out to you guys. They'll come down. Um, so we run on our social side. We kind of run four different kind of series as such. Um, so our series for, for Fork Take Social, we do four. Um, the main one is called Fork Talk. So Fork Talk is our channel where our presenters, they, they meet with vendors, you know, individually. And really, they're, they're learning about the trade secrets, you know. They're digging deep into, you know, the chef stories, the owner stories, you know, essentially understanding what makes and breaks, you know, excellent dishes. But they're also trying to explore, you know, the nutritional aspects of it, but also, you know, the, the aspect of, of a business itself. So... For Fork Talk, it ranges from anything from, you know, fine dining to, to cheap eats, you know, alcoholic, alcoholic venues, you know, it essentially encompasses everything and anything to do with food, you know, nothing more, nothing less. So that's our kind of our, our main series, Fork Talk with our presenters. We also do one called One Take, and this is very, very popular. Um, it's, it's a raw, unedited piece of footage showcasing essentially a restaurant or, or a vendor's, you know, best-selling dish. You know, so it's documenting it from start to finish, you know. So no cut scenes, no editing. It's actually you making, let's say, your, your ice, ice cream is a bad example. If we say a burger truck, you know, you making your Philadelphia <laughs> Whopper burger as such, you know. So if you drop the patty on the floor, we've got that on camera. No, but um, it's, it's a case of essentially documenting it. And people are really, really interested in seeing how their food is made. You know, it, it, you, you get the you get the thing of the chef, you know, cooking the burger, then it cuts and the burger is perfectly made. And so people really want to know, you know, how how is it made? Is the kitchen clean? All of that kind of stuff. So that's our one take. Um, we're going to be releasing a new series called Come Fork With Me. Um, and this is essentially a bit of a fly on the wall series, very similar to a series called Come Dine With Me, which is kind of like a UK where people go to other people's houses, they have dinner, etc. But this is actually going to be for students. So, you know, we're going into student houses, they'll be cooking, you know, there'll be four different houses. They'll be cooking, let's say, Italian dishes. One night's lasagna, next night's pizza, you know, carbonara, ravioli the next night. Um, and the best winner wins actually a voucher to go eat at restaurants. Um, and then our final series um, is Siblings Taste. And it's two of our, our main presenters, Phoebe and Hamish, and they do everything from, you know, trying different foods more all, all across the world. So Indian, African, Nigerian food, Italian food. 
to trying. We actually just recently done one, uh, which is going to be released in a couple of weeks, um, American versus UK sweets. So British sweets uh, <laughs> versus American sweets. Uh, they did a, a blind uh, taste challenge. So we literally fed them. You know, you can imagine we got real creative in what we fed them. Um, they're doing one which is eat to your height in Subway. So <laughs> Hamish is quite tall. He's, he's around six five. So he has to eat, you know, six foot five worth of Subway. It's Phoebe, she's lucky. She's only around five seven. So you know, she's quite small. Um, but we do everything, you know. So for us, it's really a case of finding what style of content would work for your restaurant, your 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 street food truck, your vendor, um, and you know really ensuring that it's really compelling and it does what it needs to do. If that's drive more awareness to your brand, cool, we can do that. If it's to get more people to come in and visit your venue, that's fine, we can do that. You've got a new menu release, you want to promote that, that's also fine, we can do that. Or if you just want some general, authentic tone of voice of people just coming down and saying how it is, then that's something that we can do as well. So, And I love what you guys are doing. And um, I mean, just even outside the restaurants, I mean, my brain goes wild. Uh, just as an entrepreneur, I'm always thinking and dreaming and, and pivoting and trying to yeah. come up with business concepts. But I mean, one of the things is I love is the college student thing. And like um, my youngest stepdaughter, Zoe, she's at uh, University of Colorado in Boulder. And there's so many restaurants and stuff there and, and local and they love the local environment. So that's one. But the second part is, is she loves cooking her own food in her apartment. She doesn't eat out much. She, she <laughs> works out a lot and she's into CrossFit. So she cooks her own meals, but she always has friends over for, you know, whatever the bachelor or whatever TV show of choice they have going on to do cooking for everyone and how everyone loves it. But then, you know, there's a little bit of a thing we were talking about last night at dinner is sort of, one, people paying her for banana bread, which, you know, the entrepreneurial trade, I love it. That's how businesses get started. But the second part is, is how they cook for each other. And there's a little bit of competitiveness in there uh, to do that. And so that's exactly basically what you're exposing on the show, which I think is amazing. So anytime you want to go to Boulder, Colorado, University of Colorado, if it's in, in the realm somewhere, I'll definitely hook you up with them and and that group there for, for sure, sure. For, for, uh, for, just for to sure. throw it out for there, sure. not the glamorous of New York city or, or one of the bigger cities, but university of Colorado is pretty big place and Boulder's pretty awesome from a food no. perspective. No, but, for sure. For sure. Um, but the other thing, you know, that just comes to mind is there's like contests that we have. We do a lot of contests in the United States and flavor of Georgia is one of the big ones we're in and it's a day long, but there's this whole journey. And I try to tell a lot of their stories on this podcast, but you know, and it's not exactly restaurants, but it's more food products. But these people have this story and you never really see how they make their products. But, you know, they're doing it a lot of times in, in their cobbler setups and, you know, uh, as we call it here, cobbler license. And, you know, they're taking this stuff and there's this whole story of the food and journey that I, I myself cannot. I have no video power. Like getting the podcast and the audio was an adventure in and of itself since I don't have that <laughs> as a background. But but I'm just like, and so ideas out there for you guys and connections I could make. I don't know if there's something out there, but content and helping these people and help market their brands and stuff like that, because I think you've got it right. And it's not exactly a location in some of these cases, but, you know, I mean, your business and your business model to me seems endless. So, yeah, I, I think for us, that's, 
that's almost the biggest danger um, about our business. So I'll, I'll tell you. So initially, the business actually started. So for Fork's sake, there was kind of two aspects to it. There was the online social dining community aspect, which kind of blew up like wildfire. And then there was the other aspect, which is our tech platform, which is being built, which is actually a pre-order uh, and discount platform. So, you know, you can go to restaurants and you can get, you know, 10% off here or you can get, you know, 30% off here, whatever. Exclusive, exclusive dining discounts and deals. So what happened was our primary sell as such was actually the discount and pre-order platform. Then when we started really kind of homing in while the tech platform was being built, we didn't want to remain stagnant. So, you know, we thought, okay, cool. Let's just start focusing in on the content side. Then actually the content side blew up so much that in the last, this was probably four weeks ago, we actually flipped the entire business model. The entire business model got flipped to a point where now, for Fork's sake, is essentially, you know, we're, we're original content providers, you know, for, for restaurants, businesses. Um, but initially, we were we were a dynamic discount platform, you know, providing uh, deals, on, uh, providing deals on a deal discovery basis. Um, so we actually flipped the entire business model um, a few weeks ago. And not that that was a bad thing. It was actually made a lot of sense, a lot and a lot of sense. And it's worked really, really well. But you're right. You know, the business model itself is endless. Um, there's so much we can do and it is kind of a case of if you see our, our ideas board in the office, it's kind of you can't even write any more ideas on there. But, you know, for us, it's about we really want to build an online community where we have multiple content creators as such, but all of them can take a bit of ownership of the business, you know. And for us, that's really, really important, you know, that someone can claim a little bit of our business as their own and be like, you know, with Shah, she does a series called Cooking with Shah. And that's kind of like I discussed, you know, kind of the home cooking. How do you cook a meal for a fiver? You know, how do you use back of the cupboard ingredients, you know, to make something delicious? And, you know, it's really about her taking that kind of having that autonomy. You know, this is my aspect. This is what I'm doing for, for folks sake. You know, this is my corner. And that's really where the business I see going um, is really creating like that global spider net, uh, spider spider network of you know content creators across the globe, and it won't be completely aligned. You know, the star videography we're doing over here in the UK, um, even in Leeds compared to London, and even compared to the guys that we have working with us out in Texas and New York, completely different. Um, but actually, it all it all aligns with one thing, you know. It all comes back because it's all about food, you know. It's all about that compelling story, you know. What happens? What is the whole journey behind that that started before it ended up on my plate, you know? And for us, that's that's so important, so so important. Well, and that's the, I mean, really, and it's the same thing that sort of, when I started the podcast, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I wasn't really expecting much. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give back and I know people and I'm in this business and, you know, I do co-packaging and, and food for, you know, hospitals and long-term care homes. So I wasn't, you know, and I try to help people and grow their business and mentor. And I have a lot of people that we co-package that I question. So I'm like, okay, I don't have all the answers. So I'm going to try to educate myself. And while I'm at it, why don't I educate everyone and just do a podcast and, and spread the word out there? But I didn't mm-hmm. realize either how valuable the content was. And, mm-hmm. and and not not in terms of a dollar figure, in terms of people's interest in gaining 
the yeah. the value from the content and how important actually putting out there storytelling content was. I mean, I knew for, you know for a long time now for about you know, six or seven years that storytelling was the key to marketing. And that's the direction we were going in food. I just didn't realize the impact, you know, and not only in the United States, but on a global scale, yes, you know, yes, yes. It, it's unbelievable. And those influencers that we're talking about, the smaller influences, people want to know the everyday person's story and, and be influenced <laughs> by them. They don't want the, the stuff, I mean, we've, we've, in the United States, we've become a society of these like reality TV shows of these, the rich and famous. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, it's, I'd be very lucky as you said, or the Silicon Valley example for a startup. I mean, that's a very far fletched idea. I mean, I hope to get there one day. Don't get me wrong. I have big goals and, and big visions and I'm obviously aiming there, but the reality is, is we are everyday people telling everyday stories. And I yes. think the world is, is going in that direction because we can't relate to that stuff. And while it's great for amusement on TV, it doesn't help us with our everyday lives. It doesn't bring us, you know, gains in our everyday life. It doesn't help us take those little steps as entrepreneurs we need to take. And what you're doing is actually putting people's stories out there for everyone to hear. And it's not like, and it's word of mouth marketing in a whole different way, in my opinion. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not only word of mouth, like I tell you and you're standing next to me. No, I have this social media platforms that now I'm doing it as an influencer and, you know, of under 3,000 followers. And now my word of mouth is using that to the people that know me and trust me, you know, and I have a relationship with, which is really taking the word of mouth marketing and applying it to today's, you yeah. know, yeah. abilities. No, 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, for us, there's a case of that. Uh, we also release um, a lot of our content um, is actually quite timed. So, you know, we run, we run a popular alcohol series, which is kind of like best, best bars, you know, cocktail series, et cetera. Um, and we actually, what we do, we release it on a Thursday evening. So, you know, it's Thursday evening. I'm, I'm sat in bed. I know I'm going out tomorrow on Friday with, with, with me, me, me and the boys. I don't know where I'm going. Okay, cool. I've just seen this video. Oh, it's talking about this new bar. Sweet. I'm going to go check that one out. You know, oh, okay, it's a, it's a Monday. I, I don't know where, where I want to go eat, you know, later this week. Cool, I'll release this series on, on what to cook. It's Sunday, you know, we'll release the home cooking episode. All right, well, I've got this stuff in the, in the, in the cupboard. It goes off in a few days. Let me try Let me try whip something up nice. Um, so for us, it's, yeah, it's, you're completely right on that. It's really about the, it's not about the, the dollar or, or the monetary kind of value from the content. It's really about creating that that community, that inclusive community that includes multi multiple sub communities, you know, so everyone feels included, you know, whether this is halal places to eat or this is vegan places to eat, whether this is for 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 gym goes, you know, like like your daughter, people who generally want to eat out. But they also want to, you know, take care of what they're eating. You know, they want to eat high in protein meals because, you know, they're training, they're training for gym. Or it's people who, who want to, you know, try a new alcohol series, you know, new places to go out drinking with their friends. You know, really about finding something that every single person can relate to. Um, and that's really why we decided to do it. Uh, the vehicle to really push this was with uh, various influence, not influencers, but presenters, you know, that represent. And the thing to note, Justin, is that no, <laughs> disclaimer, my guys are probably going to be like, no, no, no. But when they hear this, but. None of these guys would be friends in real life, you know, and, and they are very good friends now, 
but they would never ever, you know, their social circles would never ever overlap or connect ever. Um, and that's because they, they each represent such an individualistic community, um, so different from everyone else. But now they're great, great friends. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's really kind of the, the aim for us. And it's a very, very exciting time. Um, like I said, you know, we recently flipped the business model, uh, which for us was we were initially driven by getting you know, restaurants on board, getting them using the, the discounts, you know, getting a lot of users to, you know, download the, the app, use our platform for discounts, you know, and, and taking our, our commission off the top of that, um, which, you know, kind of from a business perspective made a lot of sense from the investor perspective, you know, made it highly investable. Um, but now we've flipped it, you know, it's purely just focusing on really creating good, good content, original content. Um, um, yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I actually agree with that 100% what you're saying, because even in my own world, and I'm in food and I'm in beverage, is, and, I, and I have contacts everywhere, I, this podcast is, is forming friendships and, and people I talk to that I would never have normally talked to. So, I mean, what you're doing is basically, you know, similar in some ways is that you're taking people, you're giving them the ability to, to, record their content and put it out there and through it's given, that it's given them a platform isn't it? yeah it's given them a platform that they wouldn't normally have access to yeah um, and and you know it's just taking that time to really get be be invested in them as an individual um and no it's it's great it's great it's great it's it's, it's awesome and what you're doing i mean and i hear this all the time it's like thank you for what you're doing for small businesses thank you for what you're doing for the everyday person because i'm not a podcast like everyone else that just goes and interviews the, the, the very successful and the very wealthy and the very, you know, successful businesses that everyone goes to. I'm going around to every person and you're doing the same thing. You're giving a voice to the, to the smaller people. And yes, of course it costs money because you can't produce anything for free. So let's be clear that we're still entrepreneurs for profit, but it's, um, you know, and, and while I give it away, I have other benefits that it brings to my life. And, um, it's just an amazing thing. And it's the same thing. You're recording content and giving it away, but, uh, for your, for your specials and the kids cooking against each other. But, but what you are doing is you're creating value. And I don't think, and it's the same thing with the podcast, you know, I'm giving it away and I, I want people to have it and I'm doing it all for free and volunteering my time, but I'm creating value in what I'm doing. And really I'm educating the people around us and I'm educating myself, which is huge value in and of itself. But what the thing that I didn't realize that you mentioned really, and I'm going to sort of bring this conversation full circle, at least a sub conversation, is that I didn't realize the friendships and the people that I would meet because of it. Like I just thought, yeah. okay, we're, I'm just going to do it. It's a business thing. We'll just pump out these episodes. And really some of the people that I'm talking to or that I talk to now on a weekly basis and and uh, people that are becoming part of my life and, and asking questions and direct message me all the time and or people that I've interviewed and have gotten involved in recruiting people they know to the podcast because they want it to be successful and want more people to listen to their episodes. It's this crazy thing that sort of has happened and it's way more successful than I could have ever expected uh, on such a short period of time. You know, I want it to be more successful, obviously as an, as an entrepreneur and uh, setting high goals, but I didn't realize how great it would be already. Um, you know, realistically, and you're right. And the part of it is in, in your model too. And, and I just do it differently, but 
yours is it's that pumping out content on a regular basis is so important. And one of the things that you said that I love is how you recorded a bunch of content with the influencers and you sort of going to guerrilla market it, like release all 50 episodes at a time, which is really what Netflix and Hulu and Amazon do now with TV shows. And people don't realize it. It's not like the TV show every other week was to sort of sell advertising. Now the yeah. model is let's record all the episodes, release them all at once, guerrilla market that that episode basically and have people come to our service and just pound out like 20 hours worth of watching in, in, exactly. in that time it's, and they don't need the advertising it. anymore you've nailed, it. Yeah. you've nailed it and that's exactly it you know with with the siblings taste you know the challenges they are they are and i'm not just saying this but they are genuinely hilarious you know and it's a case of people people want to literally if, if they watch one good episode they want to be able to, you know, they pop up four seconds later, here, here, click on the next one. So for us, it was a case of we wanted to ensure we had enough content to really supply that demand because we knew that there was going to be demand for, to watch more and more episodes. So that's why, you know, we're, we're really kind of utilizing that and going to pump it all out. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, very, it's, it's, it's a very exciting time. Uh, you know, we're in quite a, quite a weird period uh, with regards to kind of, influencer marketing social media marketing um, we've actually started to record a vertical series um, because i thought it was going to be the death of igtv um, but kind of what they've done now is you watch a video and then it pops up saying continue watching and then it takes you to igtv which now actually makes people watch igtv a lot more yeah. than they did before when they had to initially click on it and then do it you know so we've started to record in vertical as well um, which is kind of interesting i never thought the day would come uh, yeah we have a whole series in vertical which is it's crazy uh but yeah no really really excited to release that and uh, yeah it, like like you said it, it comes back to the point of you know really really delivering that value to individuals really creating compelling content and um and you know that's really why we flipped our business model you know we really flipped our business model for that reason and kind of that reason alone um but no, it's a uh, make 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 sure to subscribe, Justin, if you haven't already. <laughs> no, I will. I definitely will. And um, but I just want to quick clarify for the audience. So basically, what has happened with um, when you say vertical is basically everything was in widescreen, which meant wider screens. You know, your TV was longer. But what's happened with vertical is basically it's our cell phones are taller than they are wider, so everything has to be filmed now. Basically, wide screen is now tall screen. And, yes, and yeah, exactly, exactly. So we actually film. We actually film in both. Um, so when we run, when we do our series in controlled environments, so you know inside studios, we actually have two cameras running at the same time. So one is filming in portrait, um, which is going to be solely used for mobile, um, and then the other one is is obviously filmed landscape, and that's for you know when you're watching your iPad or on YouTube or your TV, etc. But yeah, no, vertical was really, 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 really picked up. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't think, I didn't think with IGTV, I didn't think it had legs. But the way how they kind of adapted to that, they recognized that didn't. And, you know, they've shifted it. So now we're scrolling on Instagram. When you watch the video, if it's longer, I think, than a minute 30 or two minutes, you click a button and it will, you can continue watching the video on IGTV. Um, and so that's, it's a great way of really, you know, driving people to that, which before they had a real difficulty doing that. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of utilizing and capitalizing that. Um, 
But it's yeah, it's it's crazy that like, it's completely shifted the way how we view content, the way how we have to film content. Um, you know, but it's it's really exciting time. It's a, uh, it's. I mean, it's totally mind blowing to me. I'm like wrapping my head around this. The filming in two different. Uh, basically screen sizes because I don't know actually I don't know what the techni- technical term would be yeah but yeah. Um, it's uh, that's pretty amazing and and I because the audience probably doesn't know uh, and and I hate to sidetrack and I just want to put your knowledge and no, your information no, 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 out please, there because please. you're great is will you tell the audience how IGTV works and, and how they use it on Instagram because let's let's dumb it down to the basics because I think what I want more people to use it and I also want to drive more people towards what you're doing and so they can see what you guys are doing so could you dumb it down for everyone a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I, IGTV um, is exactly the same as kind of, you know, regu- regular content. Um, but the, the biggest difference is that it is filmed vertically. So it's to fill out your entire screen. So when you watch this video, your entire mobile screen is, is filmed. Now, the reason why they want to do that is, I think, is to really try and compete with, you know, the likes of YouTube, etc., um, you know, it's for longer pieces of content, you know, so this, this can be anything from, you know, starting from around three minutes plus, you know, to 30 minutes. Um, but it's, it's, I think the reason being is because we, we're in a stage now where people want content on the go. You know, people want to be able to watch their favorite shows, um, you know, on their phone. They don't have to open up their laptop, but they don't have to flip their phone to the side. They don't go onto YouTube. And so for, I think for Instagram, it's really about, bring everything in-house um, so not only do you have your social feed um, so you can post your photos post your videos to your followers but then you can also subscribe to you know bigger channels so vice uh, national geographic you know these big these bigger bigger channels you know football sbsn um, you know and you can subscribe to these guys and you can watch uh, content on there the good thing is is that all of the content there um, is based on what you regularly watch so if you go on IGTV a lot and, you know, you follow a lot of sports athletes and you're very heavy into, you know, NFL and basketball, um, it will populate your, your IGTV feed with uh, vertical content, uh, which is, is it's, it's, it's really, really crazy. Uh, it's, I never thought I'd struggle to explain what IGTV was, but it's, you know, vertical content um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely got a lot of legs. It's got a lot of legs. It's essentially longer stories. So. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, and it's such a great idea, and I love what you were talking about, which is that I've watched the 30-second video or the minute-long video, I believe they are, and uh, yeah. from there, I can um, I can basically swipe to the IGTV and watch the longer video. So, yes. you know, and, and one thing I wanted to, to bring up just while it's on my mind is uh, the back to the Nando's conversation is we... Nando's for me, we have them here in the United States. They're probably not as popular, but one of the things that I fell in love with Nando's is, and we actually have all of their hot sauces in our refrigerator in our house, is we were in South Africa and tried Nando's. And it's amazing. And just recently, I've seen Nando's hot sauces explode across the grocery stores here in Colorado and Western United States. And anyone who's out there who wants to reference it, they're quite amazing. I use the hot sauce on everything. And I... I just wanted to make a note of that as a sub note, and I kind of got off track. But um, the next question I have for you, uh, Brad, is sort of, you know, 
we've talked about all of it, and, and we talked a little bit about the pop-up restaurants in the uh, in the office buildings, which I think is awesome. Is basically to connect the small businesses to the office buildings so they can go do their foods, and it's almost like a pop-up restaurant within the corporation or whatever. Versus, yeah. you know, yeah. the cucumber sandwiches or having a catered event like we've seen in so many startups that feed their people that way. It's kind of cool where you can bring in vendors and do sort of a pop-up in the middle of it. Um, so just to touch on that, I think there's a huge future there, but would it, you know, where are you thinking you're going to grow is the United States, your next market is Europe, your next market, or you're sort of looking at both. I mean, how do you grow your business and with with what you're talking about? Yeah, for sure. So, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's definitely something that we've, we've had to kind of go back and really reconsider, the good thing is that initially, because we were trying to be, uh, we weren't trying, we weren't ever trying to be a discount platform. That's never what we're trying to be. But the service we were providing was obviously a discount platform. So for us, you know, naturally it made sense to kind of go, you know, kind of dominate one city, then move to the neighboring city and kind of do it like that. But now that we flip the business model and it's, you know, content, you know, content has no bar- barriers. You know, if you have, if you have a smartphone, a laptop, an iPad or, or anything, you know, and you have a, a steady Wi-Fi connection, you know, you can view our content from anywhere, whether that's Nairobi, whether that's Texas, whether that's Japan, whether that's Argentina, South Africa, even London, you know, absolutely anywhere. So for us, I think it's a case of we're growing. Um, our kind of next stage is to really, really bolster the amount of content that we can release, get to a point where we can really start releasing quality content um, on a consistent basis. Um but yeah, I think after being in Brooklyn, um, you know, it was amazing. I think America is really our next step. You know, it's quite weird. Um, a lot of the American audience is very, very keen to see what's going on over in the UK. Um, and the UK is very, very keen to see what's kind of going on in, in the American uh, side. So for us, it's really about servicing, you know, both demographics. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think America is definitely our next step. Um, we're sending our guys to Denmark in two months, next month. Actually, no, we're in April already. So next month, they're going to Denmark. They're going to go. They're going to be testing out a lot of the street food scene out there. So they're going to be recording that. Um, we're going down to London um, to be recording a series on uh, Spitfields Market um, and, and Brixton Market. So they have a lot of you know really authentic you know family-run businesses. Um, but for us, yeah, it's a, it's a case of really getting to a point where we grow. Um, you know, around, you know, the 50,000 subscribers mark, 50,000 followers, um, and really have that, that, that online community. From there, that's where we can start approaching um, the slightly bigger corporations, you know, such as the Nandos, you know, such as um, the, the Five Guys, for example, you know, and really do some compelling content for them where they can then, if we are able to, you know, make a difference, um, whether that's in views, whether that's in revenue, whether that's in traffic or, or however it may be, where they can then roll that out kind of nationwide um, mm. and then, you know, essentially be their their content providers, you know, servicing their, their marketing needs as such. But for us, you know, <laughs> and any any of our investors that are hearing are going to hate me for saying this, uh, we're definitely focused on, on getting revenue into the business, but our real primary objective and our real focus now is just creating that valuable content. Um, that's really, really what we're focused on. Is really creating, you know, original, compelling content 
you know, with a compelling narrative around it that people can buy into and, and people can, you know, get immersed themselves into. And I think once you have that, that's so powerful. Um, and then if we if we did want to provide, you know, additional services such as the discount platform, such as pre-order platform, we're in a much better position to do that if we have, you know, 50,000, you know, real loyal followers um, of for full sake of the brand. You know, so like it's, 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 it's a very, very interesting period. Um, but for us, yeah, we're looking for content creators, you know, anywhere around the globe. If, if you like the sound of kind of what we do uh, and you think that, you know, hang on, I've got a camera. I can go. I can go speak to my my uncle Jim and his, you know, Chicago rib ribs, you know, on, on the weekend. Then, you know, get in touch. And, and that's kind of where, where we're at, you know, creating the first real online dining community. Everyone tries to claim that they are an online dining community, but we want to be the first real one, you know, people across the globe creating amazing content, you know, sharing their stories, sharing their passion, all about food. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're going with it. Well, and um, I, I love that too, because I think that um, in today's world, it's very hard to generate revenue right off the back it and 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 what you're doing is you're right you have to put the content out there you have to get the subscribers and you have to do it and i'm not saying you know it's not about revenue it's not about profiting but it is you know somewhat the same in this podcast is that it's about getting stuff out there for people to use and then you know figuring out what the what the gains are and what the value is as you do it because you don't know. And and to the point, if I put out there that I was an online dining community before I ever launched my platform, which a lot of people have done, then you get to it and you're like, no, you're not actually a really an online dining community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and people do that. They staple this thing on their name before they actually go out and do trial error and let the business pivot them and do what they're doing. But in your case, what you've done is you went out there trying to do one thing and ended up pivoting into the online dining community and creating the content. And in my opinion, you're going to have this huge media outlet of information in a way that no one's done before. And so I think that's pretty incredible. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely the way of the world. So Brad, I just, I want to, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and, um, and I really would love to have you back on and do a part two, if that's okay with you, I'll DM you and email you and we can schedule and talk a little more. Cause I really want to dive into and help you guys promote the actual episodes and stuff you're releasing and, and preparing for. So maybe over, you know, the next few weeks we can actually record a part two, uh, because I think what you guys are doing is amazing. And I really want to focus on the, the content you guys are producing and really dive into that. Um, because any way that I can help promote you guys or get the message out there through our outlets, I'd love to do that as well. No, thank you so much. Thanks so much for first of all having me, and you know, yeah, absolutely, would love, would love to come on for part two. You, we will get my, uh, we'll get my my twin brother Miles, who's the other co-founder, um, on on board. Uh, you know, and yeah, no, honestly, thank you so much for having me. It's it's, it's great to be able to speak to you know like-minded people, and you know, it's great to be able to speak to people that you know are, are generally doing um, you know activities that are driving value to you know other people, and hopefully. Hopefully, in this episode, you know someone and everyone can get a little bit of something out of it. You know, whether it's whether it's something about the content, or it's something about you know general business, the ecosystem, or even my my journey that I've gone through. So, 
Yeah, and I think we're only on the tip of the iceberg, which is why I want to do a part two, and uh, yeah. I really want to dive in further. Um, but sort of as we wrap up this episode, um, the last thing I really want to go over, so I am actually said I was going to cut it short, but I want one more question because we didn't sort of cover it, is your twin brother, Miles. I mean, how have, I mean, you guys have obviously twins, so you've always done everything together, but how has that business relationship worked and grown? And uh, I assume you can't agree on everything, but maybe you do. So tell me yeah, about so, that. So. So kind of in, in all honesty, uh, myself and Miles, we, we went to boarding school together. So we kind of was, well, we're lumbered together uh, as, as the Jensen twins. Um, and our whole life, we're really kind of fighting for kind of individuality. You know, and it's, it's, it's something often that a lot of people do. They group, you know, two people together because they look the same. Um, so, you know, our whole life, we're kind of together. Then we went to university separately. He went to Liverpool. I took a year out in London, was working for a marketing firm. And I went to Leeds. And actually, you know, we didn't really get along that much, um, you know, which is kind of really strange because often you see twins stuck together, you know, finishing each other's sentences. But we didn't really get along that well uh, for quite a while. Then we ended up going into business together. And, uh, you know, something that I've learned about business is across the board from your staff to your teammates to your business partners, your investors, you know, you have to be very, very careful who, who you decide, you know, to go into business with. And for me, um, I'm very, very lucky and very, very fortunate to be able to go into business with someone that I know genuinely has my back. Um, and, you know, when when there are negative uh, things that happen within the business and, you know, I say something that he might not agree and he might say something that I might not agree with, we would never, ever take it personally. Um, you know, and we are able to be kind of frankly and brutally honest with each other. But we are both extremely aligned um, in where the business needs to go. Um, and, and, and for me, you know, I have someone that I can trust 100 uh, percent with my business, which, you know, anyone that's been in, in business with ex-co-founders, partners, etc., and being burnt by them, you know, knows that it's very, very difficult to find someone like that. Um, so for me, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to go into business uh, with, with my twin brother like that. And uh, I'm sure he would say the same and sing praises of me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's very, very good. Um, it's, it's great. And actually, it's worked really, really well. Um, kind of being twins has been quite impactful. Um, and it just means, you know, Justin, if I if I go out drinking one night and I can't make a meeting, I can send him and they think they're still talking to Bob Madden, so. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, kind of, I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, I wish I had that ability. We could just play one person and divide and conquer. People are like, wow, that person's getting done so much. But um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that. You know, I love the story, actually, because um, – Part of it is you're 100% right. I've had, and in my life, I've had business partners and, and people in my life. And actually, you know, at the end of the day, it's always, you know, I have good partners that have been with me for a long time. And those are the ones that are still here. And, you know, I have Deborah, which is a business partner, as well as my significant other and, and things like that. And then I have my family who I partner with in a lot of business also. And, <laughs> And all the different adventures and businesses I've succeeded in or, or sold off or have come to an end, it's usually not the business itself for me. I mean, I've had, you know, a couple failures where the business went under, but um, the other ones that I've sort of sold off or gotten rid of, it wasn't for lack of profitability. It was for lack of not being able to get along with our partners anymore or oh, seeing oh, the, 
vision differently or, you know, gosh, I can't tell you how many times greed interplayed once the company started making money and they wanting more. And I'm like, well, we got to invest back in the business. You can't take all the money out of the business and still expect to grow. And um, Yeah, 100%, 100%. 100%. And that's kind of why we set up the consultancy Jensen & Jensen. Um, And, you know, it's... It's done really, really well. It's it's literally it's only been around for nine weeks. So nine weeks tomorrow, um, and you know we've signed four clients. Um, so we're now in industries such as tech, FMCG, retail, um, e-commerce. So you know it's it's and that's the only reason why that's gone so well is purely off the basis that we haven't searched for a single client. All of them have come to us off the back of personal recommendations, um, and that's you know really because there's. One, two of us, I think. <laughs> and, you know, the, the other reason is because, you know, people connect to us on a personal level, you know. And that's, that's, that's it. You know, we really take the time out to, to build meaningful relationships. And that's how we've grown, you know, multiple businesses with zero injection of cash. You know, absolutely nothing. Um, and, and that's the only reason. You know, favors are worth more than money. Yep. Um, and, you know, if people are willing to get behind you because they believe in you, then, you know, like you said, you can divide and conquer. Uh, and, yeah, you can do, do really, really well. And, no, we'd love to be back on board. Um, and we can definitely delve into the consultancy as well um, because that business as well is an extremely unorthodox business model. Um, it's very, very fluid business. But, you know, still we're working with, with very, very large clients um, and extremely unheard of. You know, people literally, like, you know, we only we turned 24 last month. Um, and so for a lot of people, it's kind of, how how have you managed to do this and you know turning over x amount and you know growing and working for these clients when you're 24 years old and it's only been around for nine weeks and it's well, if we told you that we'd have to kill you so uh. yeah. <laughs> no i think it's amazing and what you guys are doing and just i mean i would say maturity is a huge big deal because a lot of people that i meet that get into business and uh and you know, are young, sometimes they just lack the the grounding and understanding of what it takes and willingness to do it like every day. I mean, here we are, we're recording on a Sunday just so the audience knows. And, but it's a 24 hour gig and, you know, I always have the conversation, well, why do you record late at night and why do you record on the weekends? Well, because I, I'm, you know, one, I want to be appreciative of the people that are on there and respect their time and, and make sure they can make it work for their time schedule to get them on here. But the second part is, is when I want something to succeed, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And there's a certain entrepreneurial maturity, I would say, that you guys definitely display. Um, I would have never guessed, guessed you guys were only 24. Um, and, but I think that age doesn't really have anything to do with success. And I think that, you know, because you guys are, are the age that you are, you know, the market that you're dealing with and you are the future in social media and, and marketing and the way food and beverages are going in terms of, of influencers and, and all the things we've discussed in the podcast, which is why I really want to have you guys back on and, and do a part two, um, as soon as we can, because I want to get that recorded along with this one and sort of double it down as a little mini series for you guys. And then, you know, the other thing is, is I have ideas for my own businesses and things that I'm involved in and, and a slight twist in the communities and the things that you guys do, um, and things that I'm working on over the next nine months that I'd like to have you guys involved in and see what it looks like. Yes. And it's a little a tangent off of what you guys are currently doing in food. But, you know, um, you know, I, 
I need someone to tell the story of how we're building this 123,000 square foot facility in Milledgeville, Georgia, that used to be Central State Hospital, which used to be a you know a mental location, mental ward for, um, or you know I don't want to use the word insane asylum, but sort of that's yeah. what it was, and um, and how we're trying to revitalize this campus into this international food center. And, you know, for restaurants and co-packaging and things and, and people like yourselves that want to come there and, and do studio work and recording for people. And we have all these buildings and how do I get people there to, to bring them there? So I'd love to maybe talk to you about how we can work together on something like that as well. Because I, you know, my storytelling abilities are limited to my knowledge of being able to use podcasting equipment, but doing the video and the content and the mini series, maybe there's something there that, that we could work on. I don't know. And, and no is an okay answer with me. That's, I like no anyway, because it, it pushes me to pivot, but it's, yeah. um, it's one of those things that I just think what you guys are doing and, and I have so many things going around in my head that is awesome that I, I look forward to talking to you guys again. And I would definitely send you an email about what we're doing um, and, and have a phone call off the podcast. Yes, but. No, 100%, 100%. I think, I think that'd be great. Definitely. Definitely. Um, no, thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. It's been a, been a great, a great conversation for Sunday. Um, now I'm going to have, I'm going to go have some, uh, Sunday dinner uh, with, yeah. with my girlfriend, and she's going to be sick of me when I tell her everything that we discussed. <laughs> I know I have a little bit of that too because Deborah will actually co-host with me sometimes, but a lot of the times I'm doing them solo, and then I'm like blah 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 blah, and then I'm just telling her all the things I learned from all the people on the podcast. But I really enjoyed it, and I learned so much from you guys. And again, I'll email you to get that set up, and um, okay. we'll talk about some other possibilities and partnerships. And thank you very much. Uh, Brad for coming on I, I can't tell you again how much I appreciate it so uh, this is Justin the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast I'm Justin Bizarro that's B as in boy I double Z A double R O and you can reach me at Justin at the food com, and also reach us on social media at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs thank you everyone for listening in share this podcast with people tell your friends there's a lot of knowledge here and what Bradley and his brother Miles are doing is something awesome. I recommend everyone take a look, subscribe, and listen in to what they're doing on social media. And everyone have a nice day.